Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Uh, let's get into it tonight. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 14. And I want you to notice uh, what Matthew chapter 15, verse 1 through 14 says. Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? What, what do you mean by that? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Mm, isn't that something? It's a tradition now we're going to wash our hand before we eat bread. But notice what Jesus said. He answered said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? Notice tradition has become more important than the word of God. How many know that's trouble right there? For God commanded, saying, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to, is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw me near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Notice that their worship was in vain because they considered, because of the teachings that they taught concerning the commandments of men. I would hate to beat my worship to be in vain because I honor man more than I honor God. Because that's basically one of the things he's saying there. Verse 10. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. Now, what goes into the mouth defiles a man. Excuse me. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. Then the disciples came to him. Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? They folks got offended when he was trying to help them. Isn't that sad? But don't you see it in the church today? We trying to help folks. They get offended because you try to help them. Boy, that's a sad place to be in, ain't it? Verse 13. But he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will, he up, will be uprooted. Then our focus in tonight is this. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both, notice not just one, but both will fall into the ditch. Based on this read to you, I want to talk to you from this topic this afternoon. Following those who see Jesus. Following those who see Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, your prayers have been moving in the sanctuary. You're touching the lives of your people. Help me to minister to the hungry and thirsty sheep in the sanctuary. So in turn, we can receive bigger and better. Father, we are, there are believers in this sanctuary that walk by faith and not by sight. They, we keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher by faith. And we do continue to bind the enemy right now. And we cast them out. Thank you for your anointing on the people of God. And we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. Before we get into... Um, your notes. 
let me say a few things to you. I believe that many of us who have truly committed to consistently following our Lord Jesus Christ have seen our lives change for the better. We have, we've, we've been healthier. We have stronger, more efficient, less stressful, in a more excellent manner. We have seen our lives get better. And it, we realize we take no credit for that. We realize it's because of our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, go to John 10, 10 real briefly, and I'm going to just show you this. I was amazed the other day. As you get John 10, 10, somebody came to me and said, you know what? There's a difference between when certain people talk about Jesus and when other people talk about Jesus. Some people talk like they really know who they're talking about. As some people talk about like he's just an abstract uh, uh, form or something like that. Some people really know that Jesus is real. How many, uh, how many know that Jesus is real in the sanctuary? And that he is somebody you can talk to and have a relationship with. And the stronger the relationship you have with Jesus, the better off your life will be. Notice John 10 and 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So God wants us to have a better life. How many agree with Jesus that, you, that he wants you to have a better life? Anybody disagree with him? Because I want you to understand, if you disagree with God, then you then we need to dis, you need more teaching in that area so you can have a better understanding that God wants you to have a better life. But Pastor, what about the trials I'm going through? What about the tribulations I'm going through? Let me say this to you: if you keep on following Jesus, all things are going to work together for your good because you love God and you're called according to His purpose. In my opinion, while believers strive to be led by Jesus. We have seen in Scripture that there are those with deceptive motives, motives known as strangers who have a tendency to try to lure people away from that God-ordained purpose. Remember in this particular chapter, in John chapter 10, he said there are strangers out there. Strangers are consistent of individuals who we, who, who we would consider enemies, those not related to us, those out of the will of God who will try to lead you away from your God-ordained purpose. Unfortunately, there are people out there that are being used by the strangers to help to orchestrate people getting away from that God-ordained purpose. I've seen Jesus make folks live like better lives, uh, give me the opportunity to live better lives, but because they refuse to be influenced by him on a, in their daily decisions, the enemy robs them of their current and future blessings. And we don't want the enemy to rob anybody in this sanctuary of the blessing that they have for you. We know the promises of God in him are yes and amen. And we know God got something bigger and better for everybody in the sanctuary. How many agree with that? God got something bigger and better for you. Amen. That's right. And you ought to agree with God. You say, well, I agree with you, Pastor. But no, let's agree with God. Let's agree what God said because all the promises of God are yes and amen. God got something bigger and he got something better. Now let's get out at our text today. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15, verse 1. Matthew 15, verse 1. Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying. So we see the scribes and the Pharisees. You see in your notes there. They came to Jesus 
uh, with a few things they wanted to ask him about or to say to him. When they came, they drew near or they drew near or they approached him. While we must be aware of the many traits of the scribes and the Pharisees, coming to Jesus is one that we should observe and follow. We must draw near to him to, in order to receive from him. So in turn, we got to come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Listen, I know we go to a lot of different people, look for help from everybody else, but always go to Jesus as your first priority. Always go to Jesus, your first priority. Scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, what, shall be added to you. So when I seek God first, I got the opportunity to get the things. Are y'all following me here? Now, they came to him. Now, go, let's go. Get ahead of myself. Matthew 15, verse 2. Why do your disciples, no scribes and the Pharisees, are asking Jesus a question. Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders. Isn't that something? Now, there's a lot in this, but I'm going to say something before I go a little further. It's amazing how folks can have traditions and make them laws and get mad when you don't want to follow their tradition. That's something right there. This is what you see with the scribes and the Pharisees. They know now, I'm sure there are other people that weren't following this particular order, but you notice they called out the disciples, especially those that were following Jesus. And he goes on to say, for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Ooh-wee. Boy, they upset with the disciples. And let me say this to you. You got to be watching real close to see somebody not wash their hands. They ain't washing their hand, y'all. I can't find nothing else they doing. But they ain't washing their hand, y'all. They ain't washing their hand. You got to be looking real close. Somebody ain't washing their hand. How you know they didn't wash their hand before they, before they got there? They must have been watching them for a minute. So they said, you're not washing hands. Then he goes, uh, so... We see they came to him according to Matthew 15, verse 2, the scribes and the Pharisees considering the actions of the disciples to be a transgression. But not just any type of transgression, but a transgression of the elders' traditions. When they did not wash their hands before eating. A transgression is a violating, violation of a command. It is going contrary to what the tradition is. Neglecting, you knew you supposed to do it, but yet, you chose not to do it. You transgress the tradition of the elders. And there's some people who are so deep into men's traditions that they place more emphasis on what man says than what the word of God says. You know, you see them constantly. They know traditions better than they know the word of God. Sad. They know more about the, the laws of certain things than they do the word of God. So they get caught up in teachings, ideas, stories, and rituals more than they do the word of God. For example, we believe that sometimes people have this thing about the black cat crossing the road. Greater than the Holy Spirit. Like that, that cat got power over your car. Well, you know, if you don't put a cross, a black cat cross, when I was coming up, you had to put a cross across your window. An X. You didn't want the curse of the black cat to get on you. Some of y'all probably never heard of stuff like that. I'm glad you haven't heard of it. So you ain't got to be delivered from stuff like that. 
For that example, man will say it's okay to pay your dues rather than give God his tithes and his offerings. Especially since God understands that you're dealing with uh, knowing the word of God tells us to bring our tithes to the storehouse. We see that also in the book of Malachi chapter 3. Now, as believers, we must diligently study the scripture so that we will understand that God has power over man's traditions. God has power over man's tradition. But but you got to know what scripture says about it. You got to know what scripture says. Because one thing you must understand, when it says the tradition of the elders, these were not novices when it came to things of the God. They were not novices. But yet, they took the traditions of men to make them a law. And they, and they got upset with the disciples and but because they didn't follow. That's why it's important today that you got to know scripture. That's why you got to study to show thyself approved unto God. So when people bring this tradition to you, you're like, look at them. Oh, man, that stuff don't apply to me. Because folks will tell you some stuff. And, and what is what's sad about it is worked on other people in the past. And they'll think it'll work on you if you ain't careful. That's why you got to know what Scripture says and let Scripture be your guideline and not man's traditions. Everybody understand? Because they're not, they'll tell you some stuff that sound good. And, and, and one of the things I found out about man's traditions, it'll have you in fear. You'll be operating in fear. And so we, God doesn't want us to have fear. Because what? God has not given us spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. That's why Jesus wanted to ask him the question in Matthew 15, verse 3. Let's go back to Matthew 15, verse 3. Why do you transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? So he wanted to ask the question to the scribes and the Pharisees, why did they transgress the commandment of God with their traditions? Why do you transgress the order of God, the precepts to God, the rules, not of man, but of God? Notice how Jesus pointed out the same flaw in them, talking about the Pharisees and the scribes, that they pointed out to his disciples. You're breaking the law. But God said, you're breaking my law. Mm-mm. He had to put him in. He had to check him for a moment. So you have to be careful to avoid pointing out people's flaws because the word of God will surely reveal our shortcomings. Let me tell you one thing you, you'll haul ever find me doing. And, and uh, you'll haul ever find me teaching something like that. Is preaching about other folks from the pulpit. Because I realized I'm one mistake away from being that same person. Now, and it, it wasn't for the mercy and the grace of God. Some of us would be messed up like, just like some other folks are. We just don't do stuff like that. I know some people have made their whole career, ministry-wise, off talking about other people. Sad, but it's true. And that's why we have to make sure that we are not pointing our fingers at everybody else without looking in the mirror at our own self. I've learned if you look at look at your own self, you got enough to do for a while. Thank y'all for them five amens right there, boy. Woo! But y'all shot me down off of that. But that was a good one, though. Let me tell you something. You got to be able to look at your own self and say, you know what, God? Before I start correcting everybody else, let me look at me and see what's going on right here. Let me see what's going on right here. So we have to be careful not to avoid pointing our other people's flaws because word of God will surely reveal our shortcoming. And God ain't got a problem in revealing your shortcomings. I'll put it to you like that. And let me say this to you. God ain't scared if you need him. 
show like he would tell you about yourself oh you remember how when uh they brought that woman to jesus and adultery jesus let's basically what they say let's stone her because she'll commit adultery and, and and jesus stooped down wrote some down in in the sand and looked up at them and said hey now i don't think he looked up the bible says this those without sin cast the first song well you y'all saw can you imagine all the sin that ran across their, their mind and their thinking, the way they talk and so forth, and God, and they walked away, dropped that stone because they knew they had messed up. And sometimes we be trying to throw stones at people. Well, we, do, we need to examine ourselves. Now, that's why Jesus also noted in Matthew chapter 15, verse 4 through 7, that the scribes and the Pharisees had the tendency to alter the word of God. They wanted to change it or adjust it or restate it or put a spin on it so it would benefit them, benefit them and not, uh, excuse me, and be against others. That's why you can't alter the scripture. You can't alter the scripture. That's why Jesus stated in, in 15, Matthew 15, verse 6. I'm going to read 15, verse 6. That then he need not honor his father or mother, thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. See, Matthew 15, it says, cause the word of God to be of no effect because of what? Tradition. A tradition. Because of tradition. In other words, the word of God is rendered, excuse me, deprived of force and authority. We can't afford to follow people who change and alter or don't rightly divide the word of God. It's detrimental to our spiritual growth and development. If you ever find me taking the word of God and, and then all of a sudden trying to downplay it because uh, uh, I'm not living right, something wrong with that picture. Something wrong with that picture. So therefore, if anybody takes the word of God, it's hard for me to listen to folks to try to, to uh, alter scripture. Especially because, you know, I, 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 I've been studying for a minute now. So you can't really just tell me anything. You, you got to be in that same position. People just can't tell you anything. What I back it up with scripture. Somebody told me one day, we got scripture if the grass is green. We got scripture for it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why? Because we believe in the power of the word of God. And But you notice that because of their tradition, it made the word of God of no effect. Now, let me say this to you. It may make it of no effect, but don't mean it's not. It means, it, let me back for a second. It means that it was no effect for them. It doesn't mean that the word of God lost its power. The word of God does not lose power because you don't believe it. The word of God, well, listen, Jesus is still a healer whether or not you believe he's a healer or not. Jesus can still deliver you whether or not you believe in healing, deliverance or not. Jesus can cause you to prosper even if you don't believe it or not. The thing is, it made no effect in their lives because of their tradition. It didn't mean that somebody else down the, this is the thing. Anytime you don't believe the word, somebody down the word, down the street is living the word and causing it to come to pass in their life. Oh, you say it ain't working. And then somebody down the street is watching the word work, which you said don't work. Because the word of God will not return back to him void. It will accomplish everything he said I do. If you don't want to work for you, he'll find somebody else. that cause that word to come to pass. And I'm like this. God, anybody you want to use to have the word to come to pass in my life and on the earth, use me, God. Use me till you're satisfied. 
Hallelujah. Because the word of God works. Let's go to Revelation 22. I want to show you something there real quickly. Revelation 22. Revelation 22 gives us a warning. For those who alter or try to take things away from the word of God. Revelation 22, verse 18 and verse 19. Revelation 22, verse 18 and verse 19. For I testify to everyone who hears the word of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to this to these things, God will add to him the place that are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the works of the book of this of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. You see what God is saying to folks in here? If you take anything or try to add something, I'm gonna do something to you. Woe is to the person that would try to add or take away something God has or would not say it. We got to make sure that we're, listen, that's why we need the all-knowing God to continue to lead and guide us into all truth. So he knows how to add. He knows what to take away in our lives. He knows what the scripture says. And we don't want anything that goes contrary to scripture. Now, look back at our notes. As disciples of Jesus, we must mature in his love to the point that we love his word and strive to keep his commandments, understand that his commandments are not grievous, according to 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. Go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. Now, one of the things I had to repent of in my Christian journey was saying that living for Jesus was hard. Those are 1 John 5 and 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. They are not burdensome. They are not heavy. They are not weighty. God's, listen, it takes a mature Christian to say that living for Jesus is not hard. But you see, the Bible is clear that his commandments are not burdensome. They are not burdensome. First John 5 and 3. That is something that we all have to get a hold of. And it's, only time is hard when you don't want to do right. We don't want to do right. People that want to follow Jesus, follow the all-knowing God, the omniscient God, they, listen, it's not a struggle for them because they want to do what's right. It's a struggle for them when they start messing up and missing the God. They say, oh, my, this, I, I can't live this way. I got to do my best to follow the God. I got to do my best to follow Jesus. Now, let's go back over to Matthew 15, verse 7. Remember now, he said, they have came to him. They asked him a question why his disciples did not eat bread and, uh, because they broke the tradition of the elders. And he said, why do you transgress the commandments of God? You make the word of God of no effect with your traditions. He goes on to verse 7. He says, hypocrites. Well did, excuse me, well did Isaiah, well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw to me. Near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He called the scribes and the Pharisees hypocrites. He called them actors, pretenders, phony. Well, I'm telling you, you see why a little bit, a little bit later he, uh, they got offended at his saying, because they knew what he was saying, and they knew who he was talking to, too. 
he, they uh, were offended, as you read a little bit later. But why were they offended? One reason is because Jesus said he called them hypocrites, actors, pretenders, phony. It is my desire, and I'm sure it's your desire as well, is to refrain from having God call me a hypocrite. I do not want to be phony. Now, if I'm learning something, that's different. And this is what you need to know about this. God knew their heart. Sometimes it's hard for you to call somebody phony if you don't know somebody's heart. So don't call somebody hypocrite if you don't know. But it, but what Jesus called him a hypocrite, he wasn't lying. He knew they were hypocrites. He knew they were hypocrites. That's why I met, in my, uh, why they call him a hypocrite. Matthew fifteen, me, yeah, fifteen, verse eight. These people draw to me, near to me, with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Let me say to you, you can't, you can't go by what people say with their lips. You got to discern. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I know some of y'all been been around people long enough to know. Sometimes people start talking, and you can't exactly figure it out, but you know something ain't right about that picture. Something just ain't right about that. And Jesus put it to them like this. They honor me. They're referencing me. They say they value me. They say they prize me with their mouth and their lips. But he said their heart, their mind, their will, their emotions, their choices was far from him. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've been in church long enough to be duped by folks. I've been in church long enough that folks are taking advantage of kindness. So when Jesus makes a statement like this, I realize because these folks were honoring, listen, they probably had tricked a lot of different folks with, the, with, the, with their mouth and their lips. But Jesus said their heart was nowhere near honoring me. Not the way, listen, not, see, well, this is what you got to understand. What they said, said one thing, but their heart was saying something different. And you got to be, listen, don't look at anybody else. You got to make sure that your heart is worshiping Jesus the right way. Yeah, we can look at other folks and you and God may give you something, but the thing you got to understand is this. We got to make sure that we are honoring God the way we're supposed to be honoring God. We need to value Jesus the way we're supposed to be valuing Jesus. We don't need for God to come down and us say, you know what? I hear you. You got the right words. Hallelujah. You're raising your hand, but your heart ain't nowhere in the, in the sanctuary. I want God to say, listen, his heart, he's raising his hand. He's saying that, but his heart is in the sanctuary. Sometimes people be clapping their hand, but their heart, their heart is not in clapping their hand. Sometimes people are saying hallelujah, but their heart is not in saying the hallelujah. Sometimes people are saying, Jesus, I love you, but really their heart is not in what they're saying. They're saying it because we ask them to say it. You got heart got to be in it. And this is the thing. God knows your heart. God knows your heart. You know what I thought about was interesting too? God knows your heart and will still help you. <laughs> Jesus, he knows your heart and he will still help you if you allow him. You ain't tricking God. 
Me all day long. You can trick me. I mean, you can fool me and just, whew. I mean, you know, I try, but sometimes I miss it. But you're never tricking God. Never. 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 If you sit and listen to a person, they're thinking, talking, and choice it reveal if they truly believe in forgiveness, believe in unconditional love, believe in grace, believe in mercy and such like. We would know if you truly want to change your life or if you just want to be rescued out of your situation. But you ever seen folks, uh, they cry, but they really ain't crying because they crying because they caught. I watch live PD sometimes. Uh, and sometimes when folks get caught, uh, y'all, y'all probably, I, I got to tell Dickon because I know he know he sold these folks. Oh, I, I give up. I, di- I didn't mean to. They say that after they got caught. <laughs> Before they get caught, they're running. They running and they think they're getting away. I always say this: you can't run that radio. <laughs> can't run that radio. Where you really want to change, you don't mind going through a few hard times, uncomfortable situations, and ridicule in order to change. That's one thing I know. When people are really uh, serious about Jesus, they're gonna do what it takes in order to make a change. And sometimes you're gonna be offended. Because I, I, I got this written down somewhere, but I'm going to say this very quickly. Truth is confrontational. Truth is confrontational. Now, how you deliver truth sometimes will offend folks, but sometimes you, you got to be truthful with folks about certain things. And, and that helps us, the, those that want to be helped. Now, sometimes people look at truth as offensive. But uh, sometimes you need to be offended in order to get help. Thank y'all for the two and a half. Amen. You ever been to a good doctor? Doctor be looking at you talking about, well, you know what? Uh, you, you ain't, last time you gained some weight. <laughs> they ain't lying. <laughs> Why are you offended? All they're doing is speaking what? True. They know if you wait this much this time and this time you wait more. Now, oh, boy, but. You need to, well, and it's true. Well, if you don't change, you head toward this. The devil is a lie. No, he ain't lying this time, y'all. You ain't gained five pounds since last time. Understand what? Truth. Truth. Now, Matthew 15, verse 8. These people draw me, excuse me, draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. But the heart is far from me. Notice this. He indicates that they were telling people that they were following God, but their heart was far from them. The appetites, their desires, their passions, their emotions and choices were far from them. I know that we think we know people based on observation. But Jesus knows folks and, and, and us regardless of how many scriptures we quote or prayers we pray. One thing I always I'm grateful for people in my life that love me enough to tell me the truth. I've been blessed with a pastor that, that, that knows how to deliver truth and has helped me over the years. I've been blessed with pe- people around me that love me enough to give me truth. Now, understand something. You give folks truth. Now, you, uh, <laughs> let me say this. If you give somebody truth, don't be afraid to receive it back now. Don't be always giving truth, but nobody can tell you nothing. 
Now, I know I'm going to say something about this later, but I felt led to go ahead and say that. you always good at dishing truth out, but never can receive truth. You better stop dishing it out then so much. Because <laughs> what some man saw it, that city what? There you go. Now, let's go to Matthew 15, verse 9. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So Jesus called them out in Matthew 15, verse 9, by stating that, they, that even their worship was in vain. Good God Almighty. Why? Because of the teaching and commandments of men, and they taught the commandments of men as sound doctrine. Well, I don't want my worship to be in vain, y'all. I don't want my, I don't want my worship to have no purpose, not useful, and definitely fruitless. So I want every hallelujah to be God saying, that, that's my boy right there. I want every thank you, Jesus, to be, when I ride down the street, he'd be like, ooh, there he go again, talking to me. And his heart is in it. I want to be, if I'm at the grocery store and I said, thank you, Jesus, because it's on sale. Woo, good God. I'm like, thank you, Lord. I'm glad it's on sale. I'm glad when I go, sometimes I go to the cash register and I expect to pay one price and there'll be, a, now all of a sudden, I'm giving you this discount because of whatever. Hallelujah. But thank you so much, Jesus. I don't want God, listen, I don't want God to be surprised by my worship. I don't, I don't want God to be in a position where, oh, he, he ain't worshiped me in two, in a, in a week and a half now. Two weeks and so forth. I don't, I don't want God to be, we should worship God daily. Daily? Do we have something to be uh, thankful for every day? Yes. Because th- does he not load us daily with benefits every day? I said one of the things that people sometimes miss is they don't know when God is blessing them every day. That's sad, but it's true. Every day, if you can breathe, that's a blessing. Every time you can move, every day, that's a blessing. Every time you got a sound mind, every day, that's a blessing. And we ought to be grateful. Grateful if I can go to school. Grateful if I got a business to go to. Grateful if I got a job. Grateful if I got a church to come to and, and give and, and God is revealing revelation knowledge to us. Grateful to it. Grateful. Grateful. I don't want my worship to be in vain. At times we can make the way of men, family members, people we admire, leaders that we like, traditions that we enjoy become more important than God's word. We know, we know it because we stick to those traditions rather than changing and being led by the omniscient God. Sometimes people follow tradition quicker than they'll follow the all-knowing God. They'll tell you, hey, this is right right here. You know, sometimes I don't agree with a lot, uh, a lot of things folks say unless they got scripture to back it up. I understand because stuff changes all the time, y'all. Stuff changed all that. We'll never find a cure to this. Jesus already cured it. Why you say you never find a cure to it? You have this all the rest of your life. Jesus cured all everybody. Else. How many people have they cured that they told them the same thing? Jesus already cured them. I mean, God, God can do. He can change your life and turn it around for the better. We know that Jesus wants believers that will worship him in spirit and in truth, according to uh, John 4 and 24. God's spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in what? Truth. What's true under any circumstance? God's word. Instead of the Pharisees and scribes using the opportunity to get help, they were like many of us. They were offended. Now, when Jesus was telling them this, he wanted to help them. But instead of them getting help, they were offended. Matthew 15, verse 12. 
the disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? They were offended. They were offended. Jesus trying to help them. Because he knew their heart. He knew that, listen, and one thing about God, God, God knows your heart. And he loves helping people, but you got to want to help him. He ain't going to force his help on nobody. I know God. I've been walking with God a long time. As much as he loves people, he ain't going to force his help on nobody. He, in fact, he would not force you to spend eternity with him. He won't. If you don't want to spend eternity with me, I ain't going to force you. You remember when they, uh, the uh, rich the rich man lifted up his eyes? He wasn't surprised where he was at. He was not surprised one bit where he was at. He chose to be there. And this is God. God would not force you to spend time with him. God would not force you to love him. God would not force you to do anything for him because he loves you. That's the greatest testament of love to me is that I give you the right to choose what you want to do. Greatest. It's the greatest. God ain't going to force nobody to love him. That's why he, he, he said, listen, I'm telling you what's in your heart so I can help you. I'm telling you what's in your heart because, uh, listen, there, there could be somebody that reads this a little bit later and examine their heart and realize their heart need help. I, I'm 50-something years old. Hold on, there we go. And so I know that my heart need help. My heart need help. I thank God I've been I've been saying that for about thirty some years now. My heart need help. My heart need help. I wish it gets my heart stayed good all the time, but every now and then my heart was let some evil stuff then rise up in it. I understand that. Now, it took me a long time to come to the point that, and I get it now, what Jesus was talking about. This was stuff, well, Paul said this in the book of first, yeah, Romans 7 or 1 Corinthians 7, there's some stuff going on in me. I want to do good, but the evil I want to do, I don't, excuse me, good I want to do, I don't do, and the evil I don't want to do, I want to do. I got a war going on inside Paul said that and he put that in such a uh, unique way, but I, I agree with Paul. Because sometimes my evil, there's some stuff, it, it rises up in me want to do evil. And, and what Paul was saying was, I like that part that want to do evil, but I know that's not right. I know that's not right. And so I got to understand that these type of desires, if Paul had to deal with them, I've got to deal with them. And I've got to realize that my heart needs help. And I, I realize that Jesus is the only one that can help my heart. Jesus is the only one that can help my heart. You know why you're the only one can help Because he knows my heart. A lot of people will think they know your heart because they can watch your actions and think, yeah, you're going to know about the fruit that they bear. But sometimes even the fruit that they bear can be deceiving sometimes. That's why you got to be led by the all-knowing God. To know people, sometimes people struggle to do good. Don't mean they don't want to do good. It's just they struggling with it. They're not used to what we do, y'all. Some of us, it takes us a minute to get there. We don't tell, sometimes we don't tell all the whole story. And sometimes we tell the story, we can't really put it in full words. Sometimes it took some of us five and six and seven years to really stop cussing like we used to cuss. 
We might not tell folks that because we was in church for, on Sunday. We didn't cuss on Sunday, but boy, catch me on Monday. Woo! That was a whole different ball game. And then we took Wednesday off, but then we back on Thursday, Thursday night, Friday morning, when the check was a little bit short, then we got upset again, and so forth and so on. Are, are you seeing how God can just help, needs to help our heart? And he loves us enough that he wants to help you. And I, I, I see why he call them hypocrites. You say you want to do right, but you don't really want no help. You point to everybody else except yourself. You phony. You phony. You're hypocritical. You're an actor. <laughs> I like that definition, boy. And, and you never see some good actors do. You find some good hypocrites that act. Because they honor him with their mouth. They got, listen, they got the mouth thing down, y'all. One of the things I thought about when I read that was, is that it deceived other people around them. But it didn't deceive God. There's some people around that are good actors, y'all. And, and can, can, can I be real? I, I've had to put my acting, acting face on too sometimes. Hallelujah. When I got in certain situations. And... Um, and the only person who can really help you get through some situations like this is God. Uh, I want to do evil, but God help me. I want uh, see. Sometimes people face expression give it away, and sometimes you got to have a good facial expression depending on the environment that you're in. Because you can't give away, and some people you can't you can't folks read y'all faces, y'all. And, and you may well, you well. You can't be on a job trying to give a one, talking about I'm going to be 100 on my job. You won't have no job. You won't have I'm just, I'm just telling you out there, I'm going to keep it 100 on my job, uh, Pastor. I've heard people, and I remember people years say, I'm going to keep it 100. I'm going to be 100. I'm going to be 100. Some of the very folks that told me to keep it 100 in jail right now. Keep it at 100. Sometimes you got to put on a good face. And so the Holy Spirit helped you to get calm again. So you can act right, think right, and talk right. They were offended. It's dangerous to be caught up in your feelings and emotions to the point that our immaturity allows us to be easily offended. See, immature folks are easily offended. Immature folks are easily offended. But one thing about it, it when you're easily offended, you hinder your growth spiritually. Largely because you refuse to tell, people refuse to tell you the truth because they don't want to have to deal with your pouting and get mad. Let me let that sink in for a moment. Some people don't want to deal with you or tell you truth, even though they know you're wrong, because they don't want to hear you pout and get mad. You ever try to talk to some people? And they already, before you start talking, they already give you about 15 things. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you what I'm going to tell you. Then you can go ahead and give me your. But if you do it the right way, you can be helped. You can always tell when folks are mature, they listen. They ain't trying to uh, make, they ain't trying to uh, defend themselves or make excuses. They say, listen, I hear you. Thank you for sharing that with me. And I want to try, I take that consideration as the Holy Spirit helps me to get better. We're taking mature person to say that though. 
Can I be honest with you? There are people in this room can't take that type of being honest with them. Because they just like this right here. They pout and get mad. Or they've got something to say before you even say it. And then the enemy sometimes plays with your mind. You ever been getting ready to go to a meeting and the enemy already played the mind in the meeting before you got there? You're already nervous, shaking. Because you think you know what that person going to say to you before you get to the meeting. I remember one time, uh, you know, I, I worked in corporate America, many of you know, for years in banking. One time they called me and they said, Mr. Dobbs, we need to see you upstairs. Not the second floor where my supervisor was, but the third floor where the main supervisor was at. And you talking about stomach just went to the back, <laughs> knots, cots coming up. I said, what they want to see me on the third floor for? What if I did now? You know, that's my mindset, right? And uh, went up to the third floor, and they had a complaint. Had a complaint. Sure did. Had a complaint. But the grace of God helped me to get through. And I, I realized God had worked it out even before I got to the third floor. And he helped me the whole way. We talking about the grace of God, the mercy of God. And God loved me enough. You know what I learned, though? I better do better next time. I didn't go back to my, well, I got away this time. <laughs> y'all, y'all seem to say both like that. They got away, but they never changed anything. See, that, that, that's not God, uh, how he does things. If he gets you out, he wants you to change so you don't get caught up next time. Everybody see that? God loves us, y'all. He loves us. I mean, agree that God loves you. Hallelujah. He loves you. And, and God loves you not because he want to help you. He don't, listen, he don't want you to be easily offended like these scribes and Pharisees. He wants you to take heed to the correction that comes your way. So in turn, you can do what? Battle. Is that all right? Hallelujah to God. How many agree that God wants them to have battle? All right. I'm going to stop there. We'll take it up next time. Is that all right? Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.